Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Expressions Podcast, a show where each and every week we introduce you to new creative mindsets, let you know how they get their creative ideas, what makes them flow, what makes them go. And on today's episode, we have a very special guest, a theater major in Ralston Harris. So get ready for a very, very fun episode with the one and only Ralston Harris. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Expressions Podcast. It's myself, Ryan Knight, my good buddy, Brian Weiss, my good buddy, Mark Flinders, my good buddy, Aurora Robinson. We're all good buddies here. And we've got a very <laughs> special guest today in Ralston Harris. So before we toss it over to Ralston, I got to ask, how are my co-hosts doing? Brian, how are you doing today? Awesome, man. It's been a great week. It's been an awesome week. And I'm really excited to talk to Ralston. Um, the poem that I saw, the, the written word, I, I don't even know the terminology, but it was powerful. And it really made an impact on me. And I can't wait to talk about that in a few minutes. And Mark? Doing excellent. Uh, had a great weekend. Uh, the weather's finally uh, stable for us up here in Thunder Bay. And uh, you know the snow's all melting and looking forward to summer coming. It's going to be awesome. Ah, that's beautiful. Beautiful. And Aurora, how have you been doing the last week? I've been doing great. Uh, very busy, very productive week. But uh, I'm really excited. And um, uh, I just wanted to say, Ralston, that video, uh, I had a chance to watch it and it was extremely captivating. Um, I can't wait to hear a little bit more about the backstory behind that. And of course, we're gonna be talking all about the video that Aurora is referring to, which is of course the letter to Aurelia that Ralston uh, released. Uh, was about two weeks ago you released that video now? I think it was about two, yeah, last Friday. Okay, Not so yeah, but two weeks ago, about. about two weeks, and in that two weeks has been making the rounds. It's certainly getting around social media. It's uh, having a big impact, I hope, on our, our hometown. But before we dive into that, Ralston, how have you been doing, man? Because it's been it's been a few years since I think you and I have been together. It has been just a, a couple. <laughs> it has been a minute, my brother. But uh, no, things are pretty good. Thanks. I'm uh, living in British Columbia right now, and. Uh, Blessed to have great weather and uh, have a job and uh, just be working and to be doing what I love and just grateful to be here. So thank you. Thank you. That's thank you excellent. Friends. That's excellent, man. So what we want to talk about today, obviously, is you're somebody who is a very creative mindset. You have a very, very strong creative mind. I know you're in BC right now trying to work on your your acting abilities, your person or public speaking abilities. You're trying to basically apply yourself to as much as you can. So talk to us, before we get into this video, I wanna know a bit about Ralston Harris because you and I grew up together in Aurelia. Um, what do you know about Aurelia that caused you to, I wouldn't say move away, but was it lack of opportunity that, that brought you to BC to follow your creative mindset or what, what sort of forced you out of Aurelia? Um, I wouldn't say necessarily that it was the lack of opportunity. I would just say given who I am and what I was wanting to pursue, that was where there was a lack of opportunity at the time, perhaps. Um, I just kind of felt like it was time to spread the wings, go west, T time to take a risk in my life, time to do something different for myself, to grow into myself too, as well. I felt that was a big part of it that, you know, I was scared to do it, but I knew I needed to do it. And also, there was a little bit of a uh, a thing that where my brother once traveled here and when he returned he just really had his head on straight and a little bit more focused so I, I was just maybe looking for a little bit of magic as well 
Mm -hmm. So it was almost like you had seen somebody who was successful, you know, coming out to BC, was able to change their life or change their perspective in a way and come back a different person. And you wanted to try to see if you could follow that same path in your own way. 100%. Exactly. In my own way. And I think that's exactly important what you said in my own way, for sure. Yeah. Uh, now, in doing that, you've gone out to BC. Now, you've been living there for about five, six years, roughly? Five years, about, yeah. Yep. And in that time, have you found that, have you found what it is you've been looking for? I guess that's the best question, because I know you're a creative mind. I know you're somebody who's constantly adapting, trying to change who you are and become a better person. So have you found that BC has given you what it is you've been looking for? Uh, that's a good question. I think where I'm at now, it's like I'm always looking. You know what I mean? I'm always trying to evolve. I'm always trying to grow. I'm always trying to learn. I'm always trying to love in the sense of putting myself out there in a vulnerable way where it's like, that's where, that's just where I learn the most. That's where I, you know, that that's where I feel that I appreciate after going through those difficult times or at least those vulnerable times, that's where I can look back and appreciate. Um, so to answer your question, I think it's like, I'm, it's not that I'm looking for something specific now. I think it's just the, idea or concept of just continuing to to grow and evolve and learn and 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 create it's not about looking for ourselves it's about just creating ourselves mm -hmm. no you you've nailed it actually that's a that's a really good mindset to have it's about creating yourself i don't think enough people approach life with that mindset i mean i think a lot of people fall unfortunately into that trap and i was guilty of it myself of falling into that trap of thinking this is what life is supposed to be this is how we're supposed to live our life and not really expressing ourselves to the full extent um so i think oh brian yeah i'm just curious um when you first moved to bc how old were you because that's a big life-changing move so like what stage of your life were you at at that point where you can just say i'm done i'm moving to bc well, I was 26 years old. Okay. Uh, and I was fortunate to move with a friend and his sister. And also, I think I was just at a time where it was like, if I do this anymore, any any longer, I'm just going to get too comfortable. And it's going to be just too easy. And, and that's not what I need or want, you know. And events in the past or shortly before that kind of showed me a little bit more of life and you know you have to risk it you have to go out there and, and do something and make something of yourself and yeah so it was just that time you know good for you good for you it's, awesome. it's, it's a huge decision i mean at 26 looking back to what i was doing at 26 my big decision was you know what shirt am i going to wear to to my job that I go to every day and have gone to every day <laughs> and will go to every day for the next 25 years. Um, so yeah, that's, a, I got a lot of respect for making that tough decision. That's good for a you. A thousand percent, a thousand percent. Cause like even myself, I moved out of a really at a young age, but I never left the province. You know, I still stayed within a couple of hours to my hometown, a couple of hours to my family and a couple of hours to what I knew. So to, to leave the province entirely is, uh, as Brian said, that's a huge step. And especially at that age, it's it's a risk. And it seems like at least at this stage, it's been paying off for you. So let's kind of dive into your creative mindset a bit, because I know you are doing quite a bit. You've been in BC for five years. You've been 
acting, you've been public speaking. So talk to us a bit about what you've been doing in BC and sort of how you, you got to where you are. Okay, well, first off, when I first moved to BC, you know, I, I thought it would be easy, to be honest. And first at that point, the dream was, or the goal was just to enter the mainstream television, you know, just to be that guy and to put my really on the map, you know, and, and make people recognize, like, look, I'm doing it, you know, and I think that was not wrong per se, but it's just part of the process. When you're really that committed, you can understand and and appreciate again, still like looking back, I wasn't, of course, there at that moment, but it evolved where, of course, you know, I, I started getting into theater at that time too, as well. And I received, or I, I got an agent and it was a really good agent. And so we were really mutual on a lot of things. So he was putting me up for many auditions, which is good. And it was really hard though, honestly, like, mm -hmm. um, and, and so at that time too, I may have got one call back out of all the auditions I went to from commercial to film and television. But I, I, I met a, a director doing theater and we started to form a relationship and a working partnership. And it, it just grew from that point. And I, I've been lucky to do, I think, four or five plays with him now. And, That's and awesome. Different radio. Yeah, been on the radio with him as well. So, you know, and just meeting people and just the whole theater community now, it's like I, I learned that it's like, wow, I just love that as well. There's so much to that where if I just was blind to go straight into film and television and be focused on that and not, you know, kind of be ignorant or just. It was deflating the ego almost, it sounds like. You were able yeah, to deflate the know, ego and just say. Yeah, you got to enjoy it. You know what I mean? And so, like, I was being a little hard on myself as well. And. So, you know, with the theater, it just opened my mind to so much more. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So I'm kind of curious, when you moved out to BC, did you have the intent to get involved in theater or was it strictly music and television or were you just moving out to BC for a change? It was film and television, my man. Mm -hmm. Like that was yeah. the plan, like, I, you know, and I think that was probably the ego for sure. And also like, I think just a plan that I wanted. But yeah. You know, again, like, I think you grow, you learn, you adapt, you, you have to, if you especially want to be the, you know, a genuine, creative, giving person, it's like, you, 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 yeah. Yeah. And I got to give you a lot of respect, man, because it takes, it takes a, a very strong person to be able to, to have that kind of an ego where, like, I was the same boat and I still kind of am, if I'm honest, where, you know, you want to be the top, you want to be the best, you want to go right to the very top if you can. And to be able to go into that environment and then all of a sudden see what's there and go, be able to take a step back and say, you know what? I don't need to be this main star on TV. I want to learn about acting. I want to get involved with these people and just grow with them. That That's a huge step that uh, I don't think a lot of people are capable of taking. And I think if more people were aware that that's the best route to go, it's going to change a lot of lives. Well, thank you. And it's you, you nailed it. That's that's it. Uh, Roasted, um, I'm actually pretty curious about what kind of plays you've done and what parts you've played okay okay yeah. <laughs> well to think i've been in one called incident at vici by arthur miller i believe 
don't quote me on that but um that was, <laughs> that was a world war ii play believe it or not about oh. um the involvement of nazi occupation in vichy france and i actually played believe it or not i played a nazi collaborator a french the french captain of police so despite my color and and look i was still able to play that role um hmm. and from that point yeah different ones that one act play called finders keepers it was just kind of like a a comedy about a lady that stole a violin and I was a police officer. Um, and there was one called Enter Laughing and I played actually a stage manager. So it was kind of like a play within a play. Oh, that's cool. interesting. So things like that. And just as of recently, if I may, I partaked in a, it was kind of like a standing up play where we just all were at our own booths and just reading, kind of like a play reading. Hmm. And at that same night, one of the actors that was due to come up in another play coming up, he did not show up at all. So the director called on me to do the play super short notice, but that's what I love. You know, that's that's where it's like, you step up, you just test yourself. You don't even test yourself. You just have fun, but you ultimately just get past that one boundary, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but you got to show up, right? You got to be there. You got to show up. And why not to say yes, you know? Yeah. Yep. You know. Sometimes you need to push yourself to do these things and um, try to uh, put yourself out of your comfort zone. So that's really cool. I think that's it. You got to live beyond your comfort zone, you know? Yep. You nailed it. You said it. For sure. When when you were living uh, in Aurelia before you moved to BC, um, were you doing anything within the film and television industry? Um, no, you know, I did have an agent a couple years back, but it was a learning, it, learning curve at that time. It was just a commercial or no, I, I partaked in a rookie blue episode, but at that time, no, I was doing improv, traveling okay. around doing little shows and whatnot with a group in Aurelia, but no, not film and television at all. Okay. So you, you were doing the improv in the theater here. And then we went there. That's sort of where you landed to start out, out in BC as well. So that's that's pretty cool. And you've had so it sounds like you've got the uh, incident Vichy up here on the uh, on the screen. I'm gonna read a little more about that after. But uh, yeah. that's that's interesting that you landed into uh, into those types of roles and that you've uh, you've really started to grow with it. So that's great. Kudos to you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm a little bit curious too, when you mentioned those roles, has there been one role that's been more difficult than the others? Or have you been able to kind of adapt to each role in a similar mindset? Mm. Honestly, I think the first one was just the hardest, just in the sense, like getting the monkey off your back, you know, mm -hmm. but also I learned a process maybe around my second or third play where just trust. Just trust yourself, trust the people you're working with, trust that you're going to be able to give them what you need and they're going to be able to give you what you need in that moment. And it, you know, obviously I know my lines and that's another big part. It's just trusting that you do know your lines. And it's like a lot of people are like, let, let me check my scripts, you know? And it's just like, that. I, everybody's different. I respect their process. But for me now, I just learned so much about just trusting it. And so, mm -hmm. I think that was a big major 
influence going forwards on just everything I do. You know? Well, not just an influence, but it sounds like it was a big a, a help, if nothing else, too, that you were able to, once you got past that first role, as you said, you were able to approach each role with, okay, just apply myself, learn it, and be confident in it. So, Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. I had a conversation with um, a stunt woman, stunt person, and one of the things that she said that really has stuck with me is how everything, she, like she would go out and try all these different things, uh, take jujitsu classes and take, you know, jumping out of airplane classes and all these different things to help build up her toolbox, to help build up um, all the things in her repertoire that could make her attractive to people that would hire her. Do you think that the roles that you've played so far are those um, building blocks, those those things that you're going to put in your toolbox and draw from? And like, Are you still trying to take jobs for that reason? Or are you at the point where, you know, you're just, I don't know if you ever get to a point where you're past the learning blocks, but like, do you do you see it as that like everything has its own um, purpose for future? You're going to do this so that you can learn how to do it so that you can do better at it down the road type of thing. Yeah, I'm a big believer of that, to be honest. And, you know, I, I do training to this day and will always do training in one sort of type of way or not. You know, it might be physical training. It might it might kind of evolve. But it's like even the greatest to this day still train, you know. But to your question as well, it's like I'm a big believer that all the roles that I've been cast in now and that I've done now are serving me greater for the next role or the, the, the or some some sometimes it's just someone you meet that can relate or that you can because in one of the plays, actually, it was the finders keepers. It was about a hoarder lady that stole a violin. And so at the end of the play, though, there was a lady that was emotional and just talking about how she was at that point. She was at the age where she's getting older and she had she's a hoarder. And you know what I mean? So it's just like where it's everything serves someone or something or even myself going into the future. You know, I'm a big believer of that. Absolutely. 100 percent. Um, I kind of want to switch gears a little bit now into that uh, letter to Aurelia because we talked about your creative mindset. Um, everyone's gotten a, an idea as to the, the kind of mindset that you have, I guess, when you approach life. And it's a very commendable mindset. I think a lot more people need to, to be able to approach life with that mindset in their own way, of course. But you reached out on social media and released what was called the letter to Aurelia. And it was about a two, three minute long spoken word all about the the tragedies that have gone on over the past few years and the state of our hometown. And for those of you that don't know, Aurelia unfortunately has, it's a beautiful city. It is a wonderful city with wonderful people that unfortunately has its fair share, like any city of problems. And Ralston has been very outspoken about it. And thank, thank God he has been because I think like him, I wanna see this change. I wanna see change, not just in Aurelia, but in general, I wanna see people that are struggling with addiction, with, with crime, with whatever it is that they're going through in their life sort of find that light and find a way to change it. So Ralston, where did you get the idea to come up with this video? What what possessed you to uh, to release this and, and be as outspoken as you have been about it? Um, well, first off, it, yeah, the open letter to Aurelia was, I hate to use the word inspired. You know, I'm just gonna get cut right to it. It's like, I lost, like six, seven friends. I, I don't even want to start counting. You know what I'm, no. I'm saying? And one of them, okay, well, there's a picture I have on my Facebook and it's like, 
This was a couple years ago before I moved to BC. And just as of now, you know, it's a group shot, all of us, you know, whatever, having a good time. But on either side of me are good friends. But on in that picture, on either side of me now, those friends are gone. They've passed away. And so mm -hmm. I think just the loss and, and not being able to be there and, and, and help and, and give myself to the people that need it the most, you know, just a hug or something or just try to understand, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So, I, like I said, I hate to use the word inspired, but it was just drawn from the need to, you know, like I, I released a video prior to that that was just me just being frank, video right in my face, you know, just like, hey, guys, what's up? Like, we're hurting, you know, and that gained, that kind of circulated a little bit. And so I just knew at that point there was something building that th there's there had to be something or someone had to say something or step up and it, the time was now and the time is now and you know like again like we've lost I, i've lost like again i don't even want to start counting um it's it's been it's been rough i i can definitely attest to that so yeah so yeah um I want to play the video real quick for everybody. Now, we don't actually have the video loaded up, so it's going to be fixed in editing. But here's a video for those of you that have not seen it quite yet. Please don't let this offend you, but this is an open letter to Aurelia, the city that I grew up in, the city that's getting depressed. It's not a rap, just something in my pocket I wrote from scrap. You can call it a rant, but don't misunderstand. This is for all those who can't. Five years ago, I moved away from Aurelia. Four, the dream, and to give it back to all the people that believed in me. Three suicides, two murders, one year, zero answers. It breaks my heart, but my soul will not rest as it puts fuel on my fire that the tears can't put out. Our brothers and our sisters are dying. Mental health, drug addiction, we're all denying. I'm fine. That will be the last time that the parents find out that their kid was lying. Now instead of birthday candles, it's a casket that they're buying. Tim Hortons every 40 feet? Yeah, but a city must prioritize its obligations to its people in the Northeast. From rising crime, drug addiction, and unemployment? Again, I'm sorry if this is too poignant, but that's easy for me to see when she didn't even get to see past 33. Let's talk about this year, how we were really tested. Let's talk about how you had to see your brother getting arrested. Let's talk about how 2020 was one for the books. Mystery, but now that chapter's behind us. History, making us all feel unclean. Let's talk about COVID-19, fuck it. You know what, the fire doesn't need more gasoline. We just lost another to overdose, and this time she was just a teen. So do what you do with love, and don't be afraid to give that stranger a hug. Give them your heart, and that's a true fact. We must listen to each other more if we want true impact. Talk when it's hard, and listen when it's harder. Make peace, and let go of that hate that you harbor. As we grow older every day, and go our separate ways, try to be the one that cared to those that needed you, and those that were scared. Don't be afraid to pick up that phone, reach out to that friend, write that text, and hit send. May not be easy, life's gonna be hard, 
but just try to direct your life like a Martin Scorsese. Thank you. You all inspire me to be the best that I can be. Never forget where I come from, no matter what I become. Put us all on the map, not just a promise, but another guaranteed fact. With love to you all, and until then, if you need anybody, you know who to call. And if I die, let them know that I was making my dream a reality. One more time, welcome to Aurelia, Tim Hortons every 40 feet, that I shot my shot. Rest in peace, Chadwick, Regis, and Kobe. Um, it's, it's quite an impressive video, quite an impressive video. The one thing that I really want to focus on is your attention to detail when you filmed this, because this is shot in multiple shots. It is, uh, you walking down this alleyway at one point and you're stepping over broken needles. You're really trying to make a, a point, not with just your words, but with the visual representation as well. Where do you think, not just to really, but where do you think we need to start as a society to try and make these changes? What do you think is the, the right first step? Or is there a right first step? Do we even know what the right first step would be at this point? Well, I'm not a professional and I never, you know, studied this or anything, but just being a human, I think just the first step would be just us, you know, just opening up more, mm -hmm. our ears, our hearts, our minds, our eyes, you know, and, and again, like, it's good. It, it's, it's cliche, but like we, we just can't judge each other, you know? Mm -hmm. It's it's tough because, and this is a hard conversation to have because both you and I were, were very close with a lot of different people that unfortunately we've, we've lost over the last few years. And to me, it's, I, I don't want to have to keep going through that. It's It sucks. It's it's one of the hardest things when you know that it's, it's avoidable. It's a thousand percent an avoidable thing. This isn't something that we should have to ever go through. Loss is something that you deal with in life, but this sort of loss this many times becomes just, it's its too painful at points. It definitely becomes a very painful thing to deal with. So I, I commend you, I really do, for having uh, the courage to put that video out. I know I certainly wouldn't have had that same courage. So, for, and to put it out in such a, a unique way and a very, I like that you came out and said, I hope this doesn't offend anybody. But at the same time, even if it does, it, it almost needs to. You know, it needs to, it should offend the right people. For sure. Yeah. Um, Brian, Mark, Aurora, I know you guys have all seen the video. You guys aren't from Aurelia, but I'm sure you can relate to with in different areas, the, the different things that go on. How did you react to the video? How did you find the video? And what was your your overall takeaway when you when you finished it? I know, Brian, you've seen it a few times now. You know what? It's tough to see uh, any community that's hurting. There's a, there's a lot of um, similar problems in Sudbury. I've heard Sudbury has a lot of issues with, um, you know, drugs and all kinds of uh, suicides and so on. And I think what I would like to know is what's the cause of this? Like, is it boredom? Is it um, not enough things to do in town? Are there, should there be more programs to help people find something to do after school projects that they can work on? Like, what is it that's actually, um, okay, so here's the thing. I'm almost eight years old, and um, when I was growing up and going to school in the 80s, in high school, um, 80s to 89, 
Um, Mid nineties. Yep. Yep. There was no internet. There was no um, cell phones. None of this stuff was a thing. I lived in Vermont and you know, I'd go to school and take about an hour to get there because my school was so far away. There's so few kids in Vermont. Um, the problems weren't the same is really what I'm getting at. My problems were boredom. Sure. But when I was bored, we'd go out and play in the 400 acres that we lived on. You know, like there was, there was things that I could find to do with my buddy Scott. And we were always listening to music or doing something. Um, but now in the same exact location, in the same area, there's drugs and there's violence and there's theft and crime and there's all kinds of craziness going on. So what's so different now? Because we have everything. We have all the luxuries. We have all the internet. We have all the... Is that the problem? Like, could that be part of the problem as well? Or could it be, like, do you have any idea what caused these uh, friends of yours to either commit suicide or die from drugs? Or I'm not quite sure of the stories there. So, like, do you have any idea what that could have been? What kind of stressors were there that made them, that made this happen? Me personally? Uh, well, I would say it's all of it, you know, mental illness social pressures, lack of employment, jobs, COVID, you know, Oof. I, I think there's all of that mixed with, if I not, if I haven't said yet, drugs and, and drug addiction and, and access, um, the lack of other access, you know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. goes hand in hand. Um, Access to the bad stuff easier than the, or is easier than the access to the stuff you need. Exactly. And I'm yeah. getting hairs on the back of my neck when you say that. So that's it. Yep. And that's what has to change. Yep. Um, to, to add to Ralston's point, it's, and to kind of counter yours, but it's, I don't think it's necessarily the new technology. I think that plays a small part, but I think it's also that as technology has, has adapted, so have, have drugs, so have all these different things. So I think it's a, there's so many different avenues that could cause somebody to fall down the wrong path. Like for me, it was simply issues with my family, right? And I had issues with my family that caused me to move out at 16. And before you knew it, I was on the wrong path. I didn't have access to a cell phone at that point. I didn't have access to a computer, it had nothing to do with social media. It was simply issues family with my family. Dynamic, yeah, right. Yeah. So it's for anybody, it could be different for anybody and you never know who's going to fall into that trap for any number of reasons. You could see somebody in a, a really good position and they could still wind up falling down that same hole and it you could really it's hard to narrow down why unfortunately um we i lost a very very close friend of mine two years ago now and uh and he was unfortunately murdered and hmm. i i grew up with this guy I, i've known him since i was about five six years old we were very close and unfortunately you know there was we went down different paths he was still an amazing guy at the end of the day him and i were still very good friends even though we went down two completely separate paths that even to the day that we lost him it was it was shocking because then it kind of opens your eyes to say, was there something we could have done to help them? Is there anything we, we were able to do? And again, like you said, there's just so many different things out there now that it's hard to know what it is that's causing someone to be in that rut. And your friend who was murdered, that was in Aurelia as well? Yep. Wow. Yeah, that was actually like blocks from my parents' house. Yeah. Yeah, it was right around the corner from my uncle's house. They're like just a, right around the corner. So. Mark? That's... um. I mean, your your uh, your spoken word, the video, um, it really resonated with me. I grew up in Newmarket, so not all that far from from Aurelia, 
Um, and um, my family, my my wife and I, and our and our our fur children um, have recently moved to Thunder Bay. We did that uh, just over a year ago now. And um, you know what what we found when we got here, and, and I knew because I already worked in Thunder Bay, is that there is uh, there is an issue with uh, with substance abuse, and and there is a crime issue. Um, so as as Brian said, so many cities, so many areas have the same the same sort of uh, issues, social issues, um, you know, with, with the communities. And it, it just, it breaks my heart uh, to, to think that so many kids are falling through the cracks. And I think, uh, you know, part of it is um, like when I grew up, I mean, uh, my dad was the only uh, uh, wage earner in the house. My mom didn't work. She looked after us. So it was, uh, it was in a different time, right? It was, there was always a parent there. So we didn't have, we didn't have a, a parent uh, that was coming in uh, sort of after a hard day's work that, that wanted to uh, just relax and had to deal with this. It was now it was there was always a parent there when we got home from school. If we needed mom, she was she was there. Um, so it was just a different family dynamic altogether. And then uh, as uh, you know, with technology, the world goes faster. Kids are learning more earlier. Um, so pressures are mounting. And then even even now where you, you know, you, all you have to do uh, in non-COVID times, go to a hockey arena and watch the kids on a Saturday and the, and the pressures are there, you know, um, they're supposed to be having fun playing a game and uh, the parents are yelling at them. They got to skate harder. They got to skate faster. And I, and I think uh, all these pressures we just keep adding to. And then they, the, these young young adults now need the release as well. And then uh, to Ryan's point, can head down the wrong path. Um, but uh, as I said, your your spoken word uh, that really did resonate with me. Um, I can't wait till the episode shares, uh, uh, sorry, airs, so that we can. I want to share it then. I don't want to share it now and, and sort of spoil the surprise. But uh, uh, not surprise is the completely wrong word. But um, you know, uh, spoil the uh, the impact that the show will have with it. But uh, um, no, very very well spoken, and uh, and it uh, really you could replace Aurelia with so many towns. And I think that's why it's going to resonate with a, a mm-hmm. much broader, uh, a much broader audience than just Aurelia and that you know uh, the Barry area, really area. Um, you know, even though you, you know for the bit of levity, you did reference the Aurelia song with the Tim Hortons every forty feet. Um, so I thought that was <laughs> uh, that was a classic move. So good catch, um, but uh, mm-hmm. but really good. Uh, you know, it was just you know something that resonated with me. I haven't played it for my wife yet, but I will uh, after we uh, after we finish taping tonight. Um, so yeah, I, I thought the, the video was very captivating. I've, uh, throughout my life, I've moved into different areas. I lived in Bradford and I experienced, um, you know, younger people, people of my age when I was in elementary school, getting into weed and other drugs. And, you know, I remember being shocked, um, at that, at people in elementary school. Um, but it was really, it was really hard seeing that and being a person who was trying to kind of help my friends uh, around that. I know that family plays a big factor um, or your home life, whatever it may be, plays a big factor into, you know, how you can get involved in these things. Um, And after I moved from there, I moved to Stouffville and Stouffville had the same issues. I moved to Vaughn and, you know, there's areas of Vaughn that were the same and like, no matter where you go, you're always going to find it. Um, and I think that, yeah, um, uh, myself, like 
I experienced it the most uh, when I was actually working out of a store downtown at Queen and Church, right in the city. Um, and literally right across from the store, the, the next park over is just filled with, you know, people who are dealing drugs, who are addicted to drugs, who've been homeless and they're living in the park. And um, it's really, really a tough thing to see um, and see people struggle with it on a daily basis. Um, so I, I do definitely think this is a, a big issue that needs to be brought forth. I feel like, you know, we shouldn't have to lose people anymore. There should be more programs out there to, you know, help people cope with um, uh, getting through addiction and getting through mental health issues. Um, uh, I mean, you know, from personal experience with friends and family and, and other things that uh, it is always definitely better when you do have someone at your side. Um, and I think it was really brave to come forward with this message. So I really appreciate you doing that. And, and Ralston, I'm not sure about you personally, but I know like I've been open on this show before that I, as somebody who has struggled with addiction, who went through that and it was, you know, when I moved out at 16, living in Aurelia, I was doing different drugs. I was definitely falling down the wrong trap. And uh, for you personally, and I don't need expect you to, to open up in that way, but did you ever find when you were in Aurelia that you were falling down a similar path or that you were doing things that you didn't want to be doing necessarily? Or was it more so for you that looking back now, you just, you see all these people that are unfortunately going down this path and it's just, it's tragic. Huh. <laughs> I'm far from perfect too, you know, like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I've done my fair share too as well. Like I, hung out with the wrong crowd i done yeah so yeah i don't need to I, tell everybody but you know like i definitely saw myself just doing things that that's that's not who i was that's not who i was supposed to be that's not who any of us are supposed to be quite frankly mm -hmm. but yeah i knew that was not me and know? i think i think and i appreciate you being uh being fairly candid there with us because i think that's a big thing for people to understand is that it does get better. It's one of those things that when you when you're in that trap, like for me for years, the I can't count the amount of times my mom to this day is like, remember when you used to say that everything was pointless and that it was just a waste of time and blah 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 blah. And I went, yeah, that was that was pointless and a waste of time, because at the end of the day, like once you once you find, I hate to use the term find that light because it's so cliched, it's so whatever. But when you're able to pull yourself out and and actually view the world through your own eyes not through what your friends are trying to tell you to do, not through what the drugs are trying to tell you to do, not through whatever nonsense is in your head at that time. And I hate to call it nonsense, but that honestly is what it is. When you're able to see the world through what your actual perception is, it'll change everything. It honestly will. And uh, I think it's no secret that a lot of kids, especially at a young age, it's easy to get wrapped up in the party lifestyle. It's easy to get wrapped up in drugs. And uh, at the end of the day, it's, it might be fun for a short while, but for anybody listening that again is wrapped up in that lifestyle, you are able to find a way out of that. There are people out there that are willing to help. Um, I really, really hope that you take what Ralston has said today and, and and take it to heart because it's it will change your life. It honestly will. I'd really appreciate you uh, being as candid as you have today, man, because it's it's going to be life changing. If people can take this sort of advice and just apply it, it, it will really help save lives. I honestly believe that. I'm a firm believer that um, when people fall down these wrong paths, there has to be a catalyst. There has to be something 
that gives you enough of a shake to say this isn't the right path or else but the problem there is the problem there is, is that when is it too late well right? this is this is really what i was getting at is unfortunately most of the time that comes way too late so mm -hmm. did you have a catalyst that finally you know something just happened where you said i'm that this is this is the thing that just has to get me out of here while you're thinking there, Ralston, I'm just curious if it's anything Who's along the same that? path as mine. That's Sorry. not my cat. Is that your cat, Mark? <laughs> Sorry, that's mine. He's, uh, he's deaf and he stands in the hallway singing the song of his people. Attention. <laughs> <laughs> Um, sorry, sorry. Like for me, it was, it was a matter of like, when I moved to Aurelia, I was in a really bad place. So there was no real catalyst, but I also knew there was a point where I, you know, I was, I felt terrible. I wasn't great in any way. And I, I started to realize that I wasn't going to be okay, that my life wasn't going to go in the direction that I wanted to. So I got out. I said, you know what? I need to separate myself from this environment. And I just moved away. And that was that. So I moved to Stratford. I've been here for nine years sober the exact well not sober but off of the hard drugs off of all the the bad stuff there on for a safer nine, path on, on a, a safer much path. safer path much safer path and that's the other side too is that you can still enjoy life's pleasantries more or less but you have to do it responsibly and safely and in the way that you're able to but for me it was just knowing that i wasn't in a good place and knowing i had to escape from that environment was it something similar for you ralston or was it were you in a different kind of path yeah i think it was a little different for myself you mm -hmm. know and this is just me speaking as honest as, as I can. I always has, have felt destined for great things in my life. And like the urge, you know, that, that urge to do that great, those great things, you know? Um, and so, you know, I just kind of just blindly living life. And then sadly my brother passed away. And so I think that, in time afterwards, of course, like after grieving and dealing with it and, you know, associating myself with the right people and the, hanging out with the right crowd is what I'm saying. Um, yeah, that's when I learned it. And maybe my brother had an influence where it's just like, okay, like it's time to live. It's time to go yeah. out there and get, not just chase the dream, but make a reality, you know, like, yeah, I give him, yeah, it was somewhat his fault of me becoming so much more of that person to live my life just to be able to see death so closely in my own life personally mm -hmm. it was just like okay you know life's precious life's short and and i made promises to my brother you know we made promises to each other so it's now my time to that's important you know mm -hmm. make those promises fulfilled it's like live his legacy Do that's right. a lot of pressure though legacy. too Oh, I put immense pressure on myself, but it's better myself because no one else can, you know? Yeah. Yep. But that's what I'll say. What really gave me that push, you know? And that's it's awesome, not still, I'm not saying that it was just like, no, it's like you fight with it. Yeah. It's tough. It's, so yeah. So life, five, life is five. a daily battle. Yeah. So, I'll just say Five that. years later, I'm curious, what, what do you think is your toughest battle you deal with now? Probably patience. <laughs> you know, it's like, I still want it tomorrow. I want it now. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I just want it. I think it's just, 
just being okay where I'm at now and accepting that and, and not having to think outside of that too much or rush the process or I think that would be it. I or being think. too critical of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, many crazy people are so critical of themselves. And I can hear that in what you're saying <laughs> a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're true. absolutely always our own worst critics. Yeah, no, 100%. 100% we are. Um, as we start to kind of wind down here, but guys, Brian, Mark, Aurora, do you guys have any final questions here for uh, for Ralston? Um, something you said kind of resonated with me when you said that uh, you feel like you are destined for greatness. And I totally know what you mean. Ever since I was a little kid in Montreal, I've always known, like, why would I be here if it wasn't for something special? Why would I have this ability to think about things and to see my place in the world if it wasn't because I was supposed to be in a high place in the world? I always felt that. The older I got, the more I realized that life kicks in and you've got to pay the bills and you've got to do what you got to do. It's turned into... Uh, I've, I've begun to accept my place as one of the ants on the anthill. And not that that's a good thing, and it's not a good thing really, um, but at the same time, it sure does help you understand why I'm not a millionaire yet. You yeah, know, that's like, the key word though. That's the key word yeah. is yet. <laughs> it'd be lovely i tell you so like honestly if we want i kind of want to mention or touch on this for a second because you brought up you brought up age there and the one key point that i noticed is as soon as you said i'm not a millionaire yet the first thing ralston and i both jumped on was yet <laughs> and i think i think of a lot of it comes down to a mental battle whereas you might see it as oh at an age thing like i'm starting to understand that i'm just this ant on a hill but I think at the same time, like even with doing this expressions podcast, I think it's all about the mindset. It's all about the mentality that you can still make a huge impact no matter what age, sex, religion, no matter what you are. If you put your mindset to it, or you apply yourself, the amount of people that have made it at, in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and even 80s is, is incredible. So, Right. And on that note, if I may, too, it took, again, losing some close friends for me to understand that. You know, as we both and all perhaps and everybody watching or listening, it's we have that urge, that call to greatness. And it's like, for me, I thought, okay, my impact will be then. That's when I'll impact, you know. But again, it took me, again, losing some friends, going through some things where it's like, no, I can have that impact now. And the time is now. And so that's what really pushed me to do the video too, where it's like, wow, like, I can't wait till I'm quote unquote living my dream or quote unquote famous or a millionaire to, to then reach out to the people. It's like, no, no, the people need it now. I'm going to give it to them now. Yeah. And I think that's where within the now, that's where we create those ripples that lead to opportunities or lead to breakthroughs or whatever it is for, for anybody. It, that's what just leads you to your greatness. That's a that's a real great point. Um, I I, I want to sort of play the devil's advocate on the whole millionaire comment. Um, while while all of us dream of of having enough money to not have to worry about things, um, the money comes with its own set of problems. 
uh, or so I hear. I'll convince you. Or we'll talk about that when we all get but, it. Yeah. Uh, Brian, you said uh, something you said resonated with me. You said, you know, I, I felt I was destined for, for bigger things. And, and I would argue that you, you have found those and many of us have. So, so think about like, uh, and I, I can speak for uh, Ralston. I mean, obviously you've, you've uh, started in some plays, um, you know, your, your spoken word, uh, you're, you're going to touch people uh, in, 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 their, in their heart, in their minds, in their soul. Um, and I think uh, I'm looking at this group of people that, that are on my screen right now and thinking each and every one of us has a spot. You're, you're here for a reason. And uh, keeping in mind that greatness does not necessarily mean you're famous. Uh, greatness is because you've touched um, enough people's lives that you've made a difference in those people's lives that maybe, um, Ralston, you'll, you know, somebody will see your spoken word and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll flush their, their, uh, their supply, their, their stash. Um, they'll get rid of their, uh, their rig and, and throw it out. Um, Brian, I mean, you've, you've taught, I don't know how many photographers, Aurora, the same. I mean, you teach people photography and, and you get into their lives. Maybe, maybe you teaching that person or selling them, whether it's selling them gear, or teaching them how to use it. So they create that first really good image that is wall worthy, um, that they get those accolades from. Maybe that is what sets them on that right path. It's that catalyst that causes somebody to pick up and move to BC um, and, and become great in their own right and become that, that artist. And so many of those people we're going to be speaking to uh, on these episodes. And then Ryan, I mean, you're, you're wrestling podcasts and uh, it's, it's a pure entertainment value and and uh, and just uh, you know the, the people that you get to talk to and things like that. Um, I, I sit there and I look at the four of you and I think every one of you is this person that people turn to in times where you may not even know that they needed you and your input and just that one little thing that you taught them. I mean, I know um, Brian has been the one uh, um, that's taught me the most of about my own craft of being a photographer. Um, and, and Brian was always that photographer that I was, that I looked up to and every, everybody on this screen can be that person and may already have been that person. And that may be your purpose here. Um, so when you, when you think about greatness and it's really for the, the users, the, sorry, the users, the, the viewers and the listeners to the show is don't think about greatness as becoming famous. Think of it as, as your calling is, you know, um, you know, maybe you want to be a, a stage actor, maybe you want to be a, a great photographer, a teacher, a mentor, um, an entertainer, um, or a nurse, or um, you know, a, a salesperson, a marketing, whatever it is your dream is, follow that dream and stay on that path. And and your greatness will come if you work hard, like Ralston, you've worked hard. And uh, and that's greatness can be defined in many ways, not just by fame and fortune. No, I 100%. And I've talked enough, so I'll shut up. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, Mark, you um, you left yourself out of that whole thing because at the same time that maybe I've inspired you, there's been some of my worst moments in photography that you've been able to reach out to me and just say a couple of things to make me feel better. So um, it just, again, this is, I, I agree. And I think it's really cool that you were able to sum it up like that too, that yeah. you know everybody has a purpose and everybody has to just kind of stay true to themselves and hopefully yeah. that purpose will, will boil yeah. to the top and, and you know, we'll all get to do what we love to do. My whole hashtag in life is I shoot for me to take away the stress of having to live up to other people's expectations and so on. Um, but really it's a, it's like my protection. It's like my shell from, yep. from negativity. Okay. You don't like what I'm doing. Psst, I shoot for me. 
Yeah. And that just yep. gives me the permission to just be me, whether you like it or not. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and exactly. that's, that's something that you were a big part of Mark. So giving me that confidence. No, I think that was extremely well said, Mark, extremely well said. No, uh -huh. if I may too, lastly on that note, I, I think too, for myself, I, I completely agree with Mark and, and I've now kind of, in, in so far as how I've evolved, it's about just giving. It's about giving back to the, the people, you know, in everything I do from public speaking when I'm on stage, you know, it's about me giving myself to them in that moment. So it's just as, as long as I can give of myself doing who I am, what I love doing, and maybe make some money doing it and maybe make a lot, who knows? But of course I got goals and plans and whatever, <laughs> side hustles and everything else. But it's just like, no, it's like, that's it's, where the greatness lies, you know? And it sounds to me like you found fulfillment already, like to a certain degree, you've been able to, to know that this is what you want to do, whether it brings you fame and fortune, you know that you're, you're going to be able to build on your legacy doing this. Well, I think again, it's like sticking and being committed to the process, the journey, and also trust once again i just trust that it's leading me it's that whole saying that you know you shoot for the moon and you land amongst the stars i trust it you know what I mean? yeah. yeah i just try 100 very well said very well said aurora do you have any last questions for uh, ralston before we finish up uh yeah uh so you seem to be a very inspirational person a person that likes to give and and uh, help people to create and help people to make change in their own lives do you have anybody or um anything that has inspired you to be this way like do you have a, a role model or um you know something that triggered your uh, need uh, to to help people need to perform whatever it may be well, i blame my parents <laughs> First blame my parents. <laughs> yeah. um i'm lucky and i've been blessed i have a mentor and just amazing friends, you know, less is more. I've got like three just really solid, great friends who, you know, it's like before I even posted the video, even the first video, it was just like, I went through him just because I, it's like, is this me? You know me more than me. Is this me? You know, but ultimately, yeah, like I've just been really blessed in the circle of people that I have been around and, and I just trust that, it's just who I am, you know what I mean? Um, that's a tough one, you know. Um, but again, I think with the mentor, my parents, my brother still, and just everything I've went through in my life, it's just about being authentic, being me, you know, and, and hashtag I shoot for me. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. You could use Love it, it. too. <laughs> Seriously, so, it gives me permission. It made me. It really does make me feel better when I can re repeat that to myself. You know, of course. Yeah. And I'm just gonna say this is like I'm far, again. I'm far from perfect. I, I'm trying to grow and get better and learn and evolve every day. That's where I'm like living in constantly. And again, just with my circle of friends, we we have this thing where we text each other maybe once a day. It doesn't matter, but we'll text each other DFG, where it's just that reminder, 
destined for greatness. You know, just it could be like my, my best friend's busy with his daughter, but he'll have just enough time to be like, hey, reflect success, DFG. Yep. Just, just those little things that keep you pushing, keep you in, mm-hmm. it, you know. So to anybody watching or listening again, it's just like, you know, send that text. Just send, hey, man, I'm here with you. I, I see you're fighting. You're doing a great job. Keep fighting. I'm right behind you. Whatever it takes. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's that just little text that just goes so far. That's excellent, man. That's very, very well said. Rawlson, awesome. uh, before we, we wrap up here, I really want to thank you for what has been an extremely therapeutic conversation in a lot of ways, uh, an extremely eye-opening conversation, I think, to a lot of others as well. This has been uh, something that I've really wanted to do ever since I saw your video. I'm glad that we were able to make this happen on such short notice. Um, before we let you go, though, we got some questions for you. We want to know a little bit more about Ralston the person. Beginning right. with, what is your jam? What are you listening to right now? What music is playing 24-7 on your Spotify or iTunes or whatever platform you use? <laughs> Joiner Lucas, you know. He's, ah, he's, yeah. I don't know why, but he's just got he's got some good lyrics. He's really good with his words. Um, and also Mozart. I'm guilty, but that's how I study. That's how I get into certain vibes and just really get into certain energy. I mean, Brian's trying to focus something there. Yep. There it is. There you go. There's one. There's two. You just, hit, you just hit my magic button right there. Love it. <laughs> and and Brian alluded to his age earlier in the show, and he just showed us cassette tapes. So. <laughs> I, I love the way he lit up there. As soon as you yep. said Mozart, the smile on his face was just, oh, it was beautiful. <laughs> what, what is I don't know what that is. I can't is that a window? Yet. Is that a refrigerator? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's funny because sketch. I do a lot of conversions for people. So I've got a tape deck, I got a VCR, and I got a DVD nice. player right here, so I can convert. So yeah, I've got I've, I dug out my old audio cassettes. I'm guilty. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I just I love that that combination though. Joiner Lucas and Mozart. That is a combination I didn't think I'd ever hear, and uh, I'm gonna have to try that. Uh, that pairing one day. One of these days, I might have tried that pairing. I'm, I'm a huge Joyner Lucas fan, and if Brian's into Mozart, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> I've never even heard of Joyner Lucas, so I'm excited to, to check yeah. that out. I've got there him on go. the screen now, too, so I'm I'll check it out after we... Awesome. And our second question for you, Ralston, is what are some of the... the tools of the trade that you use on your day-to-day life. It could be anything from something that you physically use, a mindset that you have. What is something that gets you through each day and gets you through your career each day? Food. Or your creative mindset. Food. 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 Honestly, you know, that's a good one. <laughs> honestly, I love food so much, but I would say more than that, it's the discipline of working out for myself. It just keeps me grounded almost, keeps me disciplined, like I said. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm no big jack super person, but it's also just doing that every day, you know? And if I don't do it every day, maybe six days a week. But also, it's just about being committed to that. And it just, again, from there, I can even helps me think and and prioritize everything that's going on. So lately, it's been just working out and yoga. There you go. Different things. I like like that. that. I like that with each episode, we've gotten some very vastly different answers, vastly different answers for the tools of the trade. But I think it's something that's 
somebody will be able to apply, right? Like for me, it's not working out. I'll tell you right now, Ralston, I love you to death, but I will never go to a gym. Because for me, that won't do anything for me. They won't do anything for my mental state except for just stress me out and make me go like, nah, I don't want to do it. But there's a different tool that I have. Whereas for you, it's working out. Um, for everybody, there's something different. So I really hope that people are able to, again, just hear these conversations and take what you've said, take what our past guests have said, and try it out. Try and go to the gym. I've tried it. I, I learned that that wasn't my trick. But for other people, you never know until you actually give it a try. So I really appreciate the, uh, the vast different answers that we've been getting on this show. So before we let you go entirely, though, we have one last uh, one last request of you, and that is for a challenge to our listeners. Each and every week, we ask our guests to present a challenge to the listeners, something they can take away from this episode and try to apply to their daily life. So what is the challenge you have come up with for the listeners of the Expressions podcast? I would challenge the listeners of the Expressions podcast to write in a journal, perhaps. It doesn't have to be long. It does, you know, I would just try to write eight words or maybe eight lines. And if you get that far, maybe eight pages, but just be committed for one, you know, maybe. Yeah. So what, how, what, how long is your, your challenge? Uh, it's for a week technically, but it could yeah. be an ongoing, an ongoing thing. If people really, I mean, I, we're not expecting people to uh, reply to us and say, Hey, we did the challenge. Thanks. Here's my results. But yeah, at the same time, they're going to take it and maybe use it as a tool for themselves to improve their day to day. Right? Yeah. Well, I would say that then maybe write, have make enough time to write maybe in your journal once a day. Awesome. I really, really like that. It's something that I've meant to, it's funny. My grandfather actually used to write in his journal. He had a journal for about 40 years of his life, maybe even longer. And uh, I always was inspired by that, but I've never actually taken it up. So I'm glad you've laid this challenge down. Now I can maybe actually, you know, wrap my mind around doing it and actually focus on writing in a journal each day. So, yeah, um, I tell you. <laughs> I'll go back. You go. Yeah. What's that, Brian? I used to write in a journal all the time, but it was only when I was really stressed out. Mm. You know, like when I used to work for Nosh Audio back in the day, it was such a horrible job that I'd go to the bathroom and I'd hide in the bathroom and I would just write in the journal all the anger, all the all the things that pissed me off, calling us Canadian doorknobs and all the stupid things that they used to do. Um, just horrible. I mean, that's the stressor. And I knew one day I'd read this back and I'd think, okay, I, I'm in a much better place now. And if I were to read that today, I absolutely am in a much better place now. Cause but, also, was... but also too, if you just wrote just good things as well, when you needed, you know, kind of some reassurance or something from yourself, when you do, you can reflect upon those good things when you're in a bad spot, you know, and I'm not yeah. blaming you. You probably know this as well too, but it's just like, that's no, it's a good point. It's a very good point. You, you shouldn't just focus on the bad. You should also focus on the good and give yourself permission yeah. to like the good. And yep. last point, I'll just say on that. It's like my, my best friend received his grandpa's journal as a gift as his grandpa passed away. But there was a couple pages ripped out. So I'll just think it's just like live a life great and grand. But then some of your pages still have to be ripped out. That's cool. That's really, really well said. Um, before we let you go, Brian, Mark, Aurora, any final words, thoughts, or questions for, uh, for our guest today, Ralston? Um, for me, I just, I just want to say, uh, thanks for being here. Uh, it's been a great conversation. I've enjoyed meeting you. Um, this is episode, uh, what episode are we on here? Looking at the sheet here, we're on episode three. I, I could have just looked behind Aurora. Yeah. Uh, we're on episode three and, uh, I've met, uh, uh, well, four cause our, our last week we had two guests. I've met uh, 
four uh, amazing guests and and obviously learned a lot more about my co-hosts in uh, in these uh, episodes that we've done. So thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time. Yeah, very much so. Uh, Ralston, I want to thank you for, again, doing this on such short notice. I know I just approached you a couple of days ago, and uh, it does mean a lot that you were able to come on and share your your viewpoints, share just your experiences with everybody, because that's the main thing. The more experiences people are aware of and the more that they get to see how other people have lived their lives will help them decide how they want to live their lives. Again, you never want to, to model yourself completely after somebody else, but you might be influenced by that. And that's the big thing. You want to find those influences that are going to change your life for the better. And I think you coming on today will hopefully allow people to, uh, to make those better changes. I think uh, everybody needs to check out that open letter to Aurelia. It's not just directed to Aurelia. Yes, was the, the content more for that because that's near and dear to our hearts. M mainly Ralston's obviously, you're the one who released the video, but that video can apply to anybody anywhere. That can apply, I'm sure, no matter where you are listening to this right now, I'm sure you have some thoughts about your hometown that you wish you could change. So um, again, Ralston, I want to thank you so much for being a part of the Expressions podcast. I want to say a big thank you to my co-hosts, Brian Weiss, Mark Flinders, and Aurora Robinson for joining us as well today. And we will see each and every one of you next week on the Expressions podcast. Remember to stay creative and always express yourself. Thank you, guys. Thank you.